We interrupt this program to bring you a special report. Hey, want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? Holy cow! Please shut up! Please shut up! Gangsters, what's up, guys? Here comes three! Here's the front of the plate! You're killing me, Smalls! I would be honored if you play football for this team. Me play football? Vance Dooley and adore the damn bulldog, baby! Sorry, Mike. The mom made me put on my jacket, and then she made me do the dishes. What we've got here is failure to communicate. That's so funny. Last time I heard that, I laughed so hard I fell off my dinosaur. Just a bit outside. Oh, look at the sugar falling out of the sky. Look at the sugar falling out of the sky. I think you'll ever get out of here. One day, when I got a long white beard and two or three marbles rolling around upstairs, they let me out. Hey, yeah, I wanna shoot, baby. Shoot. Shoot, ba doo ba doo ba doo no. Shoop a doop. Not you. The bow legged one. <laughs> yeah. What's your name? Is this TLC? This is indeed TLC Walker. Thanks for letting us borrow your iPod to crank up the shoop from the year 1993. Okay, then. What a lot of people don't realize is Walker was actually the third member of. No, no, this is Salt and Pepper, not TLC. I'm oh, okay. You were the third member of Salt and Pepper. You were garlic salt. <laughs> Salt and Peppa had a third member. Do that, that was their DJ, Spinderella. Now, you're, you're opening up memory cracks in my brain I've I'm, forgotten all about. I'm bringing the heat today. I'm bringing the knowledge. It is Friday. Spinderella was just as much a part of that band. So garlic salt never was. No. I love me some good garlic salt, by the way. Oh, I love some garlic salt. It is so good. And TLC was uh, T-Boz and Left Eye, and I can't remember... Um, who the C was. Well, I got good and bad news, Walker. Thanks for getting up again or coming down the hall for the fifth day in a row for the 9 o'clock hour. Good and bad news for the second string cheese heads. The good news is you're listening to the second string podcast right here, right now. (laughs) It's literally happening uh, before your very eyes. We're also doubling up as the morning show on 960 The Ref, but later today when I get into my studio and start chopping up some audios, this is going to be the first half of the second string podcast because we're busy people, Walker. We got a lot going on. You might be busy. When, when, when Dave is out, my, my workload is five times more than it is. Five times, really? Walker ain't got nothing. Well, maybe not five times, but like at least <laughs> one and a half. Dave is vacationing, we think, in Biloxi. No, 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 no. He no? spoiled it yesterday. He tweeted out his location. <sighs> we talked about this earlier on the morning show, and it's for good reason, by the way. If you miss this in the six o'clock hour, This is actually a nice little piece of information. So uh, Christian and I cover this. David Johnston has revealed his secret location. Is it Mount Rushmore? It is not Mount Rushmore, not even close. But you're going to like why he felt the urge to to give give it away. He normally doesn't. He was at a restaurant with the lovely Mrs. yesterday. And he tweets out 21 hours ago, whenever that math adds up to be, about 11 o'clock yesterday morning. He says, Aurora, New York, Mm. Aurora, New York knows the final score. Look where my man David Johnson ate yesterday. Oh, kitchen and bar. That that looks fancy. But the numbers right there on the menu, 1833. 
1833 Kitchen Bar in Aurora, New York, is where our man David Johnston okay. was dining at lunch yesterday. I would have tweeted it out, too. I like the beautiful reference mm. to the national championship game. I know that Dave wanted to keep his location a secret, but that was a good reason to spoil it. I guess he's up there. Uh, remember in the marvelous Mrs. Maisel oh, when yeah. uh, they would go on their vacation to their lake home there in New York in the Catskills or something? Maybe that's where Dave is. It is. It was like they brought Dirty Dancing. Yes, into the marvelous Mrs. Maisel. What was the camp name in Dirty Dancing? I, I can't don't think remember. Of it. They I was sing some, about it. Somebody's like screaming at oh. the radio right now, but I, I don't remember the name of it. But I know exactly what you're talking about, where Jennifer Gray and Patrick Swayze met. This this may be where they filmed the marvelous Mrs. Man. Maisel. For all we know, it's on one of those like Finger Lakes. Mm. What do they call them? The Seven Fingers or something up there in up, Upper New York. Seven but now fingers. we know. Look, this is the map. I'm showing you the lakes that look like fingers. I'm, this, oh, I'm, I'm not finger making lakes. this up. Yes, you are right. That's I, what I it is. I halfway know what I'm talking about here. I've never been up there. I'd love to go. Well, Dave, we hope you're having a good time. Here we are. I hope he's bringing us back like a paper menu from that mm. place for the studio. Oh, for real. That would be awesome. No Man. doubt. Here we are talking football, talking baseball. I got gotta, some practice going on. I got to ask you before we dive into practice, you are wearing a beautiful, beautiful mm. 2021 National Champions Georgia Bulldog t-shirt. I like that one, by the way. Go dogs. Hey, what's on the back of that? Here. I don't ever, I don't ever look you. behind you. I usually look the other way. Oh, it's got a great little picture of Ugga, like a black and white actual picture of Ugga, the G, National Champions. It says glory to old Georgia. I got to get me that shirt, man. Was that a birthday present yesterday? Have you had that one? It was. My wife and kids gave it to me. Excellent. Last night as I received all of my birthday presents, I got some some fun little golf stuff and uh, a couple of Georgia t-shirts. Looking good, Walker. Thank you, man. I guarantee they got that at Alumni Hall. I guarantee they did because that's guarantee where we go. It. They look looking good for game day. Our friends over at Alumni Hall will get you taken care of, man. No doubt about it. Um, yeah, practice yesterday. I, I, did we learn anything? Maybe not. Did Kirby Smart talk a good talk? Absolutely. Did we hear a couple things that per- piqued our interest? No mm-hmm. doubt about it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think the main thing people are talking about, again, for the second straight day, is the picture of not Stetson, Stoquavius <laughs> Bennett and his, uh, his new look. And it wasn't just the haircut we're talking about yesterday. The dude has been in the weight room, Walker. The dude got some guns all of a sudden. I like someone. I think our man Chance, one of our listeners, uh, made the joke. Looks like he's been working out in the prison yard, man. It, it kind of does. Step <laughs> with that beautiful fade. The longest yard is real. Oh, my goodness. And, uh, yeah, that one picture where he was holding up the chalkboard, and it's mm. like, uh, what year are you in the program? And he had written 74. Uh, <laughs> what's your number? 13. And he's wearing a T-shirt with Tupac and Biggie on it. And some like camo shorts. I'm like, this guy is living his best like late '90s life. But you saw this picture, right? That's the uh, picture are, in uniform with the bald head and the the uh, pythons. Yeah, he's he's got those biceps rocking all the of a sudden. The dude's got the bi. He's got like this is where you know where you got good arms. You got your veins popping out mm-hmm. on your forearm. I never had that. No, I, I never Goodness in the in no. the course of life where I've always dreamt of being in like really good shape and mm. having this muscular physique. And then I, I like food too much, so I've never had it. I, I used to like to run, and I, I've mm. always loved to play golf and tennis and stuff like that. But I avoided the weight room like an absolute plague when I was young. 
I enjoyed it, but I knew I never really turned into a meathead. I couldn't like mm. actually be like, all right, let me lift weights all the time. No, this is why that, that's all I got for you. That's that, very, little bitty, very underwhelming. Li- little bitty bicep. If you and I got bullied by a group of middle school kids, we like stepbrothers. Get they would put us down. in our place. Absolutely. We would, I always feared one day you and I are going to leave this studio together out the back door and the karate dojo next door. They're going to have, like, middle school tournament night or something. And a group of kids is going to see us and be like, there's our warm-up right there. Let's they're, go kick these guys' butts. And they're going to do it. They're going to take our lunch money. They're going to take a lot of things, our pride, our dignity. The respect of our wives is going to be gone, out the window, all owned by the karate kids over the dojo next door. Cobra man, so. Kai just whooped our... That's yeah. exactly what it's going to look like. So we're going to have a combination of stepbrothers and Cobra mm-hmm. Kai. I'm it's going to be awful. I'm just interested in everybody staying healthy. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had a lot of injuries last year in fall camp, and I I really want Brock Bowers to get <laughs> healthy. Uh, there are some people that are in that boat too. But as far as quarterback, the quarterback position, that's one we're not even really thinking too much about right now. You know, we didn't think about it much last year, and, and it wound up being well, a completely different opposite of what we thought was going to happen. Mm-hmm. But to your point, yeah, it's just – this is Stetson's team until something bad happens on a football field or, God forbid, an injury situation uh, arise. But as long as Stetson Bennett is is playing good football, and I expect him to, and I don't know if this new look, this new muscular physique of his mm-hmm. is going to translate into uh, an even better offensive season. He certainly has the weapons to do it, but oh, it's yeah. his team. Well, There's no questioning that. That's what I think is with all the weapons around the mailman, it's going to be difficult for him to not succeed Mm -hmm. in a big way. Uh, I I think in your scenario, yeah, the only way we're seeing something else is uh, if there is some kind of an injury. And again, we hope that that is Mm -hmm. not the case at any point this season. Uh, The question then becomes, who's your number two? I think Carson Beck has uh, looked the best from what we've seen. He had a good G day. Carson Beck did. Uh, we just haven't seen much of the other guys. So mm-hmm. that's a position you're not super worried about. And and the great thing about Georgia going into fall practice is we're not super worried about much offensively. Yeah. You've got a, a very good, deep offensive line. Uh, you have a, a great one-two punch there at running back. You've got very fast athletic wide receivers all over the place. Uh, you got obviously the tight end room is is stacked. Ooh, boy. So offensively, and, and we can talk about the defense in a minute if you want to, but offensively, Logan, I, there's not a whole lot of question marks. And no, that's good. And, and speaking of that two-headed running back, the KMs, the Kenny McIntosh, the Kendall Biltons, expect really big things from them. But Kirby Smart even called out Dejon Edwards by name yesterday. Yeah. Said this kid is is a legit SEC running back. Don't forget about him. Every time we've seen him on the field, he's done really good things. Mm-hmm. And then you said that he will take a more prominent role in the run game this year. Georgia has always run three running backs in meaningful time. It, it feels that way, doesn't it? They've always had at least three running backs out there. Last mm-hmm. year, Zamir, James, and uh, Kenny, Kenny McIntosh. And he had four last year, really, and Kendall Milton as well. Until Kendall he was, got hurt. Kendall was dinged up a little bit the uh, last couple seasons, but... Uh, if he can stay healthy, too, and Dejon Edwards, Kenny McIntosh, I love this running back room. And who knows what Branson Robinson is uh, going to bring to the table, too. He may be the next freshman running back that sees significant time. That is not unusual at the University of Georgia. In fact, I expect it. 
Another guy yesterday that we talked a lot about that uh, Kirby Smart mentioned, and the guy actually met the media, Darnell Washington. Mm. Kirby said that he is in the best shape he's ever been in. He's healthy. There's no foot issue at the moment. Again, knock on wood, fingers crossed, burn sage, do whatever you do to keep the injury bug away from this Georgia football team right now. But if we can keep Darnell healthy, it's hard to believe he only has one career touchdown. One. It came against Alabama when Georgia went up 10-0 in the SEC championship. Uh, Then bad things happened after that. But this guy is about to quadruple at minimum his touchdown output. I, I feel that. He is a big, big man. And you can't say it enough, man. Like, is it, Brock Bowers, in all likelihood, is going to take a step back statistically. Not physically, not what he brings to the field, but the fact that you have so many weapons right now at that position, I'm not expecting another 14-touchdown season from Brock Bowers. You assume he's going to get a lot more mm-hmm. attention from defensive coordinators. That Fine. too. Fine. Give, okay. give him more attention because you got A.D. Mitchell, you got Lad McConkey that can catch passes, mm-hmm. you got our man Darnell Washington and, and Eric Gilbert, and Georgia is loaded in a way that you feel like this could be a 2019 LSU kind of mm-hmm. offense. I'm not saying that it will be, but Ooh, you... Wouldn't that be nice? You, you have uh, visions and, and dreams of something like that. Hold on like this, that. Walker. Picture this. All right, you got, you got the lights, you got the on the facade. Mm. You ready for this? I'm ready. <clears throat> Stoquavius Burrow. Oh, very nice. Stoquavius Burrow. A little combination of Steth the Jet and... Uh, what was... What was J- did you have a nickname? Joe Burrow? Yeah. Did he have a nickname? I'm um, sure, but I, I, I can't think of it now. No way anyway, a combination of the two. I like where your mind's at, Walker. Yes. And, and Stequavius Burrow. Look, you go from one of the elite defenses of all time last year, uh, right here in Athens. Why not just transition right into one of the elite offenses of all mm. time? We're not ask, asking a lot from you guys. Not at all. Mm-mm. By the way, uh, Connor Riley, who did a good job with his practice report for DogNation.com yesterday, we linked to that at 960 The Ref. He also wrote this morning, I've been on air all morning, haven't even had a chance to pour over it, but something that I was going to bring up, and you said we'll talk a little defense. Kirby Smart said the name Smile Munden yesterday and called him one of the best athletes he's ever seen. Really? Has Kirby seen a lot of good athletes over the course of his coaching career? I think he has. I'm going to guess that he has seen a lot of good athletes. Smile out of Walton uh, High School. Where where does Smile come from? Now I'm drawing a blank. Well, Google is your friend. Google is... We're not supposed to say Google on air day. Uh, (laughs) Pete Pete hates that. We love Pete. (laughs) Uh, He is from, yes, Dallas, Georgia, Paulding County. So it's in, I don't know why Walton came to mind. Maybe I'm thinking of uh, Dominic Blaylock. Dallas, Georgia, Paulding County High School was a five-star kid. Didn't get a ton of playing time last year as a true freshman because... Georgia's pretty darn good <laughs> on defense. Uh, Georgia had uh, some players last year that were uh, – they didn't always stand in the way of other players getting playing time. I mean, I think we did a very, very good job, actually, of rotating mm-hmm. through players last year. But with all the stars that were on that defense uh, – and that's why when opposing fans come at you, Logan, mm-hmm. on Twitter and say – Oh, they would never do that, Walker. They leave me alone. Georgia lost a whole defense. They lost everybody from last year. They're completely starting over. No, there's no completely starting over. Nick Saban, uh, this is not rebuilding. This, that's not what we're doing here right now. These athletes 
are five-star athletes that have been working in some playing time or waiting their turn to get mm-hmm. that playing time, and they are going to be ready this year. Uh, you heard uh, the other day when we were talking about Jamin Dumas-Johnson and, uh, like, this is just an athlete, just ready to go, just add water, boom, you've got a, a top-tier uh, defensive player. Christian and I broke it down a couple times the last few days. You never, ever, ever rebuild a college football program. I hate that word. That word doesn't exist. You can reload it for sure. But wait, Nick Saban said that Nick they Saban, were well, rebuilding. As Paul Feinbaum pointed out, every time Nick Saban loses a meaningful game and he's lost three national championship games in the last few years, he has floated with excuses. Always comes out with reasons why. This year, it's been several things, and the most recent one being the rebuilding year. But as a college football program, you start building your team three years before the season starts. That's when you build on the recruiting trail. Nowadays, with a transfer portal and all all the resources available, you just reload. You don't Mm -hmm. build. You don't have to take a year and say, hey, guys, boosters, donors, fans, players, everybody that loves this program, bear with us. It's going to be a rebuilding year. No, your job is to start building your program three years ago by talking to high school kids and saying, do you want to come play for the University of Georgia? Or in Saban's case, the University of Alabama. You start building way, way years before the season starts. So don't don't feed me this rebuilding crap just because your team lost and you're still bitter about it. I feel really sorry for Alabama's opponents this year. Ugh. And we may be one. We, we should be one. We, we better be one. I just feel bad, man. We, we could get the short end of that stick, too, man. I don't know what's going to happen when these teams play in the SEC championship game, but Nick Saban is angry. That's not <laughs> a Nick Saban that college is, football wants right now. Is he angry or is he bitter? Both. More bitter than angry, to your point. I see what you're saying. But, yeah, he's, he's, he's not going to be a friendly little man on the sidelines this year. Angry can be a good mm. thing. You know, if you come into your job and you're fired up and you're ready to you know, take down whoever that person is that's standing in your way of getting that promotion or getting a raise, or you want to come in and you want to tell your boss, hey, this is what I'm going to do mm-hmm. starting right now, that's angry. That can be mm. a good thing. Bitter <laughs> is when you kind of sulk around, make excuses. I see it. I see uh, what you're well, saying. Everybody else is doing this stuff and, and not me. And I didn't have my top two wide receivers. And my, what did he say? My defensive backs weren't ready to play because his they receiver, didn't. His backup receivers. Oh, I thought it was a safety mm-hmm. maybe that he was talking about that wasn't ready because he didn't try hard enough in practice. I'm, I'm pretty, you could be right, <laughs> but I'm pretty sure he's talking no, about I'm sure the, you're the backup right. receivers no, you, that you, didn't <laughs> take enough advantage of their practice. And when the moment called, they weren't ready. It's like, Coach, where were you? What were you doing mm-hmm. while these guys were not taking advantage of their practice? I yeah. mean, were you eating donuts on the sideline? I doubt it. That's a Nick Saban problem. You know Nick Saban doesn't eat donuts. No, he doesn't eat donuts. Probably not. But uh, to your point, yes, Alabama is clearly, as we go into the preseason, mm-hmm. um, or I guess we're very soon going into the season, mm-hmm. uh, and we're still a little bit in talking season right now, Alabama – is the number one team in the country. If you were going to make a poll, if anybody that knows anything about college football in this building was going to make a poll right now, okay, here's the top five teams in the country uh, before we get started. Alabama's going to be number one. They they return a lot. They've already got a lot of talent. They added a lot of talent in the portal to, you know, I guess mm-hmm. stave off another rebuilding year. 
but they are your number one team. They are mm-hmm. your favorite to win the SEC. Does that mean that Georgia can't win the SEC? Absolutely not. No, we got this, man. Dogs can Watch. compete with them. And the thing is, everybody wants to talk about the the reloading, not rebuilding, reloading of the defense with Georgia. You and I, me and Dave, uh, people around here talk a lot about how special this offense could be. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's talked about nearly enough outside of our bubble. I don't think the callers on Paul Feinbaum or the national media all over the place that are making these polls you're talking about – yeah, they'll mention it like, yeah, it could have some, some good weapons there on the offensive side of the ball, but no one's talking about just what if. And do it for a second time, Walker. Close your eyes and just envision <laughs> Stoquavius Burroughs offense where they just have one of those oh-my-God seasons that we didn't see coming with LSU mm. either. Okay, nobody thought. Everybody knew that, yes, Joe Burrow is going to be pretty darn good. Joe Burrow is going to be have a good season in 2019. Did anybody predict Joe Burrow would have that kind of season in 2019? No. Guess what? Nobody's predicting outside of us with the Georgia offense. Same thing. I mean, it, it could be that. This is all hopes and dreams. Mm-hmm. And that's what we do this time of year. But the hope and the dream is, is that this could be a really special year offensively. And it's not like that Georgia defense is going to be what Vols fans are telling us that Georgia defense is going to be. And we know that, and we we have laughed at that hot take all summer long, that this Georgia defense is just decimated. And, yeah, Trayvon Walker's not here anymore. He, he was sacking quarterbacks last night for the Jacksonville Jaguars. That's what he's doing right now. He's getting paid big money to do it. That's fine. Uh, Jordan Davis is in Philadelphia right now. Uh, but what we have – is a Jalen Carter. You're familiar with his work, right? Oh, a little bit. Uh, how about Nolan Smith? Yeah, he's pretty good. Uh, how about Keely Ringo? That man had a moment. That man had a big, big moment. <laughs> and we've talked about people like Tyke Smith, and you're not sure what you're going to get there. We've talked about people like uh, Michael Williams and Dalen Everett, who are names that everyone might not be familiar with, but that we are hoping for good things from mm-hmm. this season. As we reload, not rebuild that defense, but you've got some really great oh pieces gosh. in place. It's not you're not starting from scratch. The funny thing about all this is, is in I, I use the Vols as just a reference. It's really the Vols, the Gators, the Gamecocks, the Tigers, the Yellow Jackets, the other Tigers. Uh, a lot of a lot of fan bases out there that like to chirp at Georgia and tell us you guys are a one hit wonder. Like that's an insult, by the way. I'll take it. I'll take a one hit wonder. We're not going to be a one-hit wonder. But what they want to say about the defense is like, oh, all the Swiss cheese holes that we're going to have on defense. Do you realize how fast every single one of those fan bases, maybe not Clemson because they're going to be pretty good defensively, would trade with us in a heartbeat? In absolute drop of the hat heartbeat, they would trade what they have for what Georgia has, and they would celebrate the upgrade they got in the process. Fair enough. They would absolutely celebrate. Now, think of that from a Georgia perspective. When we go play these guys, we played Tennessee and and Gator and Auburn and South Carolina and little old Tech. You're taking the defense they wish they had against the offense. They probably don't have a very good one. Auburn's quarterback got arrested yesterday. (laughs) 
I was going to say, you know, when you put it that way, when you put, I always, I do that a lot. I, when I think about like the week game week, like, am I nervous about this? Am I really nervous? Am I scared? Mm-hmm. I think a lot about, all right, let's trade the rosters. Mm-hmm. And how would I feel if I was playing that mm-hmm. team with our guys and ours with their guys? And it makes me feel a whole lot better about things. It really does. Who has better material? We ask that question every mm-hmm. week during the season. And if you look up and down Georgia's schedule, mm-hmm. I'm not finding anybody that has better material than Georgia. Does nope. that mean that a team can't beat Georgia? You know, you have a bad day. You got some turnovers. You got a lot of penalties go against you, some injuries, whatever. Uh, yeah, you could lose a game along the way somewhere. But just looking at the schedule right now, I don't see that team that has mm-hmm. better material. No, sir. All right, Walker, let's hit a break. We'll come back and let's talk a little bit about what happened last night on the the TV. Do we have to? Walker's, no, we're not talking Braves. That's over. We're not talking Braves loss. I'm talking about my man, Zamir White. Yeah, he had a good night. My man, Trayvon Walker, showing out. And we'll Mm -hmm. talk about what that means because I really, really enjoyed uh, watching a little football on my TV last night. We'll talk about the Braves if you want to, but we don't have to. How about that? I mean, we can just talk about the fact that they're going to win tonight. We've already done it. Then. Okay. It's already back. It's right, already good. in the back burner. <laughs> All right. Quick break. We'll come back. We'll keep this hour going. Walker in studio. It's the morning show. 960 The Ref. It's 931. I don't know what you're doing over there. This sounds just, like... Just piece it together. Just wait for it. Okay, so here's what it sounds like to me. You know how sometimes on Jimmy Fallon, they'll have kids play popular songs on like oh, yeah. elementary school type instruments. Triangles, and yeah. like little little keyboards. It sounds, like, it sounds like the kids bop version of You Ought to Know by Alanis Morissette. You're absolutely right. Hey, winner, winner. Three winner. points for Walker. Three points for Gryffindor. So this was the 29 song Alanis Morissette, You Oughta Know, back in the year of 1997. Did we say 98? I already forgot. I've already lost. 95. Yeah, pick one of those. I was going to say, I can't tell you what year Jagged Little Pill came out, but I, I would. 97 sounds good. Here's the thing. Before we came back on air, Walker and I both very, very familiar with the songs and a lot of lyrics that stick in your head forever. <laughs> There is nothing radio friendly <laughs> about that song, and we have a radio version of it in the computer. Here's what I don't get, though. That song has been on the radio for 30 years. I mean, that's how I heard uh, You Ought to Know by Alanis Morissette was on the old 99X. I actually had the Jagged Little Pill CD when it's I was It's a great it. album, and let me tell you something. Much, much respect to Alanis Morissette. A whole lot of credit because she absolutely roasted Dave Coulier in that song. I mean, she gave it to him. The rumor is that Joey Gladstone has yet to recover. No, he never did. Have you ever seen him since? I don't think I have now that you mention it. He may be in the ground somewhere. I have no idea. Do not break Alanis Morissette's heart while she's writing Jagged Little Pill. No, you think Taylor Swift... Write songs mm. about exes. That was a bad move, Dave Coyier. Man. So anyway, we're playing the oh. karaoke version of this song because, darn it, even the radio-friendly version I was uncomfortable with. She tore that man down, and, and it was ugly, and I still feel bad for him, but I, do too. I, I still am like, you go, Alanis. Mm-hmm. You share your broken heart with all of us and in a very intense way. I hope she felt better after writing the song <laughs> and performing it for oh, Dave Coyen. She made so much money. She sold so many albums. Mm-hmm. I'm sure she felt much better and was not worried about 
uh, the actor from Full House anymore. Well, the year was 1996, actually, okay. and Alanis Morissette had the number 29 song, 29 Days Till the Dogs and the Ducks. <laughs> Countdown to kickoff brought to you by our friends over at Alumni Hall in the shadow of our little station anytime at alumnihall.com. I don't think they'll be playing Alanis Morissette as you shop. Uh, maybe some other songs, but probably not You Ought to Know. Okay, I doubt it's going to happen. She had a lot of hits, including a song called Ironic, where nothing mm. in the song is actually ironic. Mm. That was a great jam, though. But it is. It's still a fun song to Hand sing along to. Hand in My Pocket was mm-hmm. a good song on that album. I forgot what else there was. But yeah, it was a, that was a good CD. I had the CD, the little shiny disc that you would carry around. Kids, gather around the radio mm. as uh, Uncle Logan will <laughs> regale you with tales from the old days. Ooh, jagged little pill. Did you ever have like a... Swimming in my stomach. You have like a 10-disc changer in the trunk of your car. Mm -hmm. Oh, my buddy had one of those. I thought it was so sweet. You prepared for a road trip by knowing the 10 CDs you were Mm going to play. Mm -hmm. And it would help if you knew what songs were what track. Otherwise, yeah. We we take for granted. Maybe we, we saw the evolution of all of this, but there is a middle school kid that does not understand that we have not always had thousands of songs in our phone at at our disposal whenever we wanted to, and our car can hit whatever bump we want to hit. Yeah. And it's not going to skip. Or scratch Or scratch. You could ruin your CD if you Mm -hmm. hit the wrong pothole. That's right. It's done. you got to go buy a new one. I had to buy the Check Your Head album by Mm -hmm. Beastie Boys three different times because it kept getting ruined for that reason. He kept driving fast when it came on. And listening to it Mm -hmm. too often. Mm -hmm. Walker, there is something that happened last night that I, I, I knew was coming, but it was way, way, way better than I anticipated. For the first time in my lifetime, and yours as well, by the way, we are watching with cognitive memory, full on, like, yeah, I remember doing this, Players in the NFL that are national champion Georgia Bulldogs. Mm. Maybe you have memories of watching Herschel play for the Cowboys. I guess he did play pretty late in his career. New Jersey Generals before that. So I know that even now that I'm thinking about it, I'm pretty sure there was a year in the mid to late 90s before Herschel hung it up where he was playing on a field. But here's the thing, the difference. My age, your age, Mm -hmm. we don't have the cognitive memories of Herschel Walker running between the hedges. We don't have it. We were too young. Watching Zamir White last night and watching Trayvon Walker and Tyson mm-hmm. Campbell, hopefully he's okay, left early with a little bit of a dinged-up shoulder or something. Uh, watching Zamir White run and watching Trayvon Walker sack a quarterback as a national champion, mm-hmm. there was something really, really special about that. Uh, there absolutely was. Now, in, in full disclosure, I only watched until halftime, so mm. you may have seen more than well, I did. We're actually on the same page. Okay. Uh, but, well, they started late because of the weather delay, so that Hall of Fame game last night didn't start till 8.40, but I did see Zamir White break off a couple of really nice runs, and I did see the sack. I may, Maybe there were others uh, by Trayvon, but I'm, I'm, he just picturing, got one. I'm picturing one that, that was mm-hmm. beautiful, and I stood up off my couch and said, that's our guy That's right there. That's my number one overall national champion right there, mm-hmm. Trayvon Walker. But, yeah, we're going to see a lot more of this uh, as we're now full on into the NFL season. Okay, the preseason cranks up big time next Thursday. My Atlanta Falcons. Your Atlanta Falcons. They'll play the Lions up in Detroit uh, next Friday night. Hard Knock starts next Tuesday. They'll play the lousy, stinking Lions. Here's what I want to know. When do the Philadelphia Eagles play? Good call. Uh, That is Friday, August 12th. So that is a week from tonight. 
Hopefully that'll be on the NFL Network or somewhere you might be able to see it because that is one thing I'm super excited about now Mm -hmm. is watching N'Kobe Dean and Jordan Davis line up for the lousy, stinking Eagles. I can't wait, man. I'm just... Last night was that premonition of like, yeah, this is just as sweet as I envisioned it, if not more. Uh, And I'm glad we got to start with two of the most likable. They're all lovable. Don't get me wrong. But like Mm -hmm. Zamir White is a human being that could never play a snap of football. And he's one of the most beloved members of Bulldog Nation. I'm not sure he gets enough love, to be honest with you, but his whole story. You, you know it. I mean, he was born as a premature baby, not expected to live. And forgive me, I don't know if he was premature or what the issues were, but they, they told his mom to love him, enjoy the few weeks you have with him, and he went on to be a fourth-round draft pick mm-hmm. in the NFL as a reigning national champion of the Georgia Bulldogs. After blowing out both knees. Exactly. More to the story than, than what I'm saying, man. It's just awesome. And he did everything so humbly. Mm-hmm. And the right way while he's in Athens, and I expect nothing less of his professional career as well. Uh, But to see him get the ball, his very first career carry went for 14 yards, and he looked good. He looked fast. He looked sharp. Had more carries as the night went on. So, yeah, just seeing that was good to see. But that whole caveat with it, as we, the next few years, the rookie crop right now, the 15 guys, Mm -hmm. there's going to be more coming out next year and more the year after that, that we're all part of that 2021 national champion Georgia Bulldog class that we're going to see for the next several years in the NFL. This is a world that I've never experienced that I'm loving, man. Mm. Love that I can watch these guys. And I was texting back and forth with my buddy Jason Hasty, friend of the show, and we were kind of talking more about what it meant. There are years past. I'll use Nick Chubb as an example. I'll use Todd Gurley as an example. Uh, Matthew Stafford, an example. No, Sean Marino had a really good NFL career as an example. When they have success the way they're having or had success at the next level, we as Georgia fans are beaming with pride. Yeah. But it is actually viewed as an insult to other fan bases. I mean, they're looking at it like, yeah, you guys couldn't win with these guys at the, at the, at the college level. No. Like, well, we won a ton of games, but did we win a national championship? No, but there are a facet of fans that will look at the success of Georgia players. And there's a lot of them in the NFL and be like, huh, those Georgia Bulldogs don't know how to do, don't know what to do with their talent. Hey, yeah, Paul, they I, didn't win nothing with those guys. Listen, those days are over. I know. And it, it, there is something to that, I guess. Oh, you had Matt Stafford and AJ Green and Oshawn Marino and you didn't win a national championship. Georgia had some defenses in that era that were uh, less than spectacular. Uh, it, it's certainly not Matt Stafford's fault that he didn't win an SEC championship or a national championship when he was here. It's certainly not his fault that he didn't win a playoff game in Detroit. Um, you saw what he was able to do in year one out in Los Angeles. And, yeah, I always take a whole lot of pride when I see these guys doing well, especially what Nick Chubb's doing in mm-hmm. Cleveland. Man, that has been uh, tremendous to watch. Even uh, Sony Michelle there got himself a, a Super Bowl ring with the Patriots a couple of years back. I'm excited, man. And uh, listen, too. the uh, I, I have no love for the Green Bay Packers. I'm not a big fan of A.A. Ron. Don't tell that to Traffic Trooper Justin. He may show up at the studio, Walker. Traffic careful, Trooper man. Justin. I'm a Niners guy. That's okay. Uh, next Did, Friday. Didn't, didn't y'all knock the Packers out of the playoffs a couple times recently? have done that several yeah. times recently. Kyle Falcons did um, too not long in, ago. Including last year at Lambeau. Yeah. Um, 
But my point, a week from Friday, uh, I should say a week from today, my 49ers are taking on those ugly green and yellow Packers. That's a good-looking logo, though, just the Mm -hmm. wrong color. That's a game I I should watch. Right there, 8.30 on the NFL Network. Uh, Devontae White will be making that uh, Packers debut. The Packers have a whole lot of Georgia Bulldogs on that Mm -hmm. roster all of a sudden. Yeah, they do. And the 49ers are possibly a playoff team this year. I'm so excited about it. Last night just showed that these next few weeks in preseason and as the season gets going, there's a whole 15 15 dudes. Mm. 15 dudes that are reigning national champions and national champions for life. You'll never take it away from them. And it just made me beam with pride last night. Aside from just the Georgia guys, though, it really was nice having live football on TV last night. Oh, very, very nice, yeah. I I know it doesn't mean anything score-wise. It means a lot for the individuals on the field fighting out for playing time and and roster spots. But, yeah, just sitting down the familiar voices of Tariko and Collinsworth, Mm -hmm. uh, just having it on TV, the the images, the, the production was good. It felt like we're back. It's football season, and that was that was a good thing last night. It's shiny and new, so you get a lot out of it, and I'll probably watch some games next mm. weekend. About week three of the preseason, you're like, okay, enough of this. I'm ready for something else. But you got to remember that week zero is happening on the 27th of August, so college football is back just a few mm. weeks from now. Three weeks from tomorrow, baby. We don't have much longer to wait. Hopefully there's a college game day for week zero. I don't know if they're planning on doing that or not. They, uh, they are. I believe they've said so. – oh, I'd know. like to get up that morning and pour myself a cup of coffee and uh, watch three hours of game day and then watch about 15 hours of uh, really terrible football games. Because that's what you're going to get in week zero. But that's okay. That's I'm okay. still excited about it. We spun the wheel of steel <laughs> earlier, by the way, and we landed on Northwestern. And we, Christian and I declared there is one Northwestern game that I will watch all of this mm. year. And it's week zero, baby. They're Against playing Nebraska. The Cornhuskers. Drink. Drink. Um, by the way, that night, week zero, if we're going to talk about that, mm-hmm. a, a very late night skirmish between – the commies over there in Vanderbilt, and the Hawaii Rainbow Warriors. That's a nine thousand seat stadium they're playing in. I think they're just the rainbows now. I don't. I think, I think, they, I think they dropped they, no, the Warriors. They, I think they dropped the rainbows. Oh, they're just the Warriors. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I haven't watched a lot of Hawaii football recently because they play at like midnight. You're not going to want to watch it this year. All right, we got to hit a break right now, Walker. That alarm you heard means that the rant of the week is coming Ooh. up on the other side. We're going to crown right. a weekly winner. We'll do it next. It's the morning show, nine sixty. The ref. Got about two minutes left right here, Walker. We can make this the Walker segment for oh. the second string podcast. You got to, what do you want to use your final two minutes to do to talk about? You know, it's it's still kind of slow right now. It's still that slow time of the year. I'm just so excited that football's back. You said it earlier. Had that preseason game last night. I hate it that we got to wait a week before you get any more of that. Uh, Thursday, I believe the Giants and Patriots will be on the NFL Network, but. It's all happening. It's right around the corner. Those high school teams are getting ready to play real games here in just a mm-hmm. couple of weeks. And uh, we talked about week zero. We talked about what's going to happen Labor Day weekend at the Benz. It's, oh. it's not just football itself. It's the time of year where, first of all, this town comes back to life. Mm-hmm. I mean, Athens is already starting to see the kids coming back. I think next week is the Panhellenic Rush starts. That you'll see more and more students around campus. Yep. August seventeenth, I believe, is the first day of classes. So move in day next week. And look, 
We love our Athens summer times, but when the kids are here, this town is alive. It mm-hmm. is the lifeblood of what the college town is, this university, and football cranks up. It's food, it's friends, it's family, it's good times. We There's a reason we count down to kickoff. It, it's not just because we're itching to watch the sport of football. It's because it changes everything in our social and our professional lives as well during that time where it's run. So, yeah, having it on TV was certainly nice last night, and it's coming, Walker. I'm it's ready coming, to tailgate. No, no doubt about it. I want some buffalo chicken I'm dip. excited to see all the fans' national champion flags and mm-hmm. shirts and gear. There's going to be a brand-new vibe on campus starting on September 10th, man, as national champions. I mm. cannot wait. Walker, thanks again. Seriously, we appreciate you. We appreciate Christian. Dave revealed yesterday he's somewhere in upstate New York. He'll return on Monday, we hope, and uh, we'll get back to normal for a little bit. So uh, the countdown to kickoff will continue, and we'll catch you again soon, Walker. I appreciate it, man. Thanks, man. Braves coming up tonight, 7-10, four games against the lousy, stinking Mets this weekend. We'll see what Monday brings right here on The Morning Show, 960 The Ref. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.